0: Good morning. Hi, once again, my name is Natalie Cole from the marketing team at Dickerson Insurance Services. We are so happy you could join us for today's webinar on what advisors need to know about high deductible health plans, HRAs, and employer excess loss insurance. Now, before I introduce today's presenter, I want to let you know that we welcome your questions. Please enter them in the question box in the lower right hand conclusion of this presentation. Today's presenter is David Fear Senior, a 40-year veteran of the employee benefits industry. Dave merged his organization, Shepler and Fear with Dickerson and the Alera Group in May 2019. Dave's expertise and background are in the areas of alternative funding, benefit plan compliance, and group purchasing arrangements former president of the National Association of Health Underwriters and the 2015 recipient of the Harold R. Gordon Memorial Award from NAHU as the Health Insurance Person of the Year. So Dave how are you this morning?
1: I'm good Natalie how are you? I'm good Natalie how are you?
0: I'm good thank you for asking.
1: Well good morning everyone Um, I'm uh, actually uh, not in my normal office I'm out in uh, Utah this week, visiting uh, family, and and so uh, this is the first time I've really done this from a re-mo- remote location, so if, they're, if you're having any technical issues, it's all my fault. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we are going to talk today about, uh, as Natalie said, about high deductible plans, HRAs, and employer excess loss insurance. This is a presentation that I gave uh, earlier this year, and we decided to repeat it one more time and add some new material to it. Primarily because uh, fourth quarter coming up, we're getting a lot of requests from agents and brokers and advisors about uh, options to show their clients uh, for the upcoming fourth quarter renewal. So let me move ahead here, let's, uh, okay, here we go. All right, so let me just give you a a, a real quick history about HRAs. Uh, They've been around for a while, uh, and actually uh, this all started with uh, the Internal Revenue Service amending their code sections 105 and 106 back in 2006 to allow uh, the full tax deductibility of health reimbursement arrangements, or HRAs, and also what's called a Medical Expense Reimbursement Plans, or a MERP. Um, however, in 2013, the Affordable Care Act made some big changes to the HRA regulations and required HRAs to be tied to a high-deductible health plan, or an HDHP. Um, and and unfortunately, at that time, they also indicated that HRAs could no longer be used to reimburse the cost of individual health plans, or IFPs. Um, in late 2016, uh, President Obama, one of the last things he did in office was sign a, a bill that effectively created an, a new type of HRA called Qualified Small Employer HRAs or QSE HRAs. And these, uh, these plans are, uh, as you can imagine, uh, meant just for small employers. Uh, they could uh, be established and could reimburse the cost of individual uh, uh, plans. However, what we've seen so far in the last four years is that it had, it had minimal effect on the market, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, and then last year, or earlier this year, the Trump administration created two new additional types of HRAs uh, referred to as Individual Coverage HRA or ICHRA and an Accepted Benefit HRA or EBHRA. Uh, we went into uh, a lot more detail on these four different types of HRAs back in March at a, a webinar we held, and that that uh, webinar was recorded uh, on our and is available on our website. So um, if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, it would probably be worth your time. Um, okay, let's here we go. So what we're going to focus on today though, will be the group HRA plans. Uh, since so many of our clients uh, have group plans in place already and, and they want to know how an HRA might help us. So these high deductible health plans, uh, the term they use is called wrapping. You, you can wrap a high deductible health plan with an HRA um, and of course the acronym for that is HDHP HRA, So it gets longer, almost as long to say the acronym as it does the entire description. But these, um, these now operate under IRS rules that were released in 2013. And they're the most popular with small and mid-sized employers today. Uh, they're the most flexible in terms of plan design and funding. And so we'll talk uh, a lot more about that. And then the other thing that we're going to talk a little bit about is the use of what we call Employer Excess Loss Insurance, or EEL, uh, in, in, uh, in a high-deductible HRA plan. Uh, this is a product that was developed by Shepler and Fear, exclusively marketed now by Dickerson General Agency and our TPA partners, and it's a it's an insured product uh, issued through London, uh, and it provides em- uh, employers who have HRA plans with a predictable cap on paid claims for their HRA. Um, it costs literally pennies on the dollar. Uh, for the benefits that are being purchased. So it's uh, it's something that has really become popular with small employers who want some predictability and some guaranteed um, savings in this program. So there are some key things that you need to know about uh, an HDHPHRA. Um, first off, this is a qualified plan under federal law, and it's fully tax deductible. And while the premium that we pay for a high deductible health plan can be paid by both the employer and the employee. You know, the employer might pay 50% of the cost of the premium, and the employees might pay 50%. What the federal law states is that the the cost of the HRA has to be 100% paid by the employer. You cannot have employee contributions related to the HRA account. Um, an H the, the high deductible health plan that we're wrapping the HRA with has to be a minimum value plan under the Affordable Care Act. So it has to have an actuarial value of at least 60%. So that would be like, for example, a bronze plan. But an HRA can be wrapped around just any type of insurance plan, not just a high deductible health plan. I have um, clients, uh, long-time clients, who actually offered their employees uh, gold plans gold benefit plans very good plans but of course there were out-of-pocket expenses even on gold plans as we all know and they put in an, H, uh, uh, an HRA alongside of that in order to help reimburse their people for their out-of-pocket expenses uh, on their on their uh, gold plan and, and obviously being subject to ERISA um, the the HDHP HRA plan cannot discriminate. It has to be available to all eligible employees. So uh, the HRA plan must file an annual form 5500 with the federal government. Um, the high deductible plan is, of course, subject to state insurance regulation as, as they are now and it includes a premium tax and contribution and participation requirements. So, you know, an HDHP HRA plan is regulated at both the federal and the state level, the different parts of it. So there are, um, there are three basic types of, of HDHP HRA plans, and uh, this is more my, uh, my description that I've developed over the years, but, but those types of plans are a front-loaded HRA, a coinsurance HRA or a deductible HRA. So, let me talk first about these front loaded HRAs. This is an HRA that has a first dollar benefit. In other words, it pays 100% of the HRA um, expenses or benefits before any deductible or coinsurance applies. Um, it is the most popular type of HRA out there but because it's a first dollar benefit, uh, it can encourage higher utilization, and we've seen that in some cases. But the good news is, it's the least expensive administrative cost of an HRA, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. The coinsurance uh, HRA is, is also kind of a first dollar benefit, but instead of paying 100% of the, of the expense, it pays 50 to 90% of the HRA benefits before any deductible applies um it's becoming more popular because when when you have a coinsurance hra you might say that employees have skin in the game as, as to the cost of services you know if they if 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 the plan pays 100 percent for something and for example a prescription drug you know somebody will go out and say I'm, i don't care what the drug costs because i'm not paying for it whereas if you've got a coinsurance hra and and you have to pay, say, uh, 20% of of the cost, uh, you might think twice about just getting any brand name drug that you want as opposed to a generic drug, or or using the emergency room as opposed to using an urgent care center. Anytime people have uh, skin in the game in the form of a copayment or coinsurance, it it can help temper utilization, makes them think uh, twice about where they're getting their care and how much they're paying for it. Uh, Unfortunately, co-insurance HRAs have a little bit higher administrative cost in the sense that um, while you may have a first dollar benefit, somebody has to process the claim to reimburse it at less than 100%. Um, And then finally, there's the deductible HRA. And and the best way I can describe this is that it it works like a, a miniature major medical plan, which requires that the insured pays a deductible and coinsurance payment before any HRA benefits are paid. Um, Of the three types of plans, it probably has the highest administrative cost uh, because claims in a deductible HRA are processed much the same way they they are in a regular major medical plan. So there there are pros and cons to each one of these. uh, Lower or higher administrative costs, lower or higher utilization, or um, a, a greater or lesser flexibility in terms of the plan design. Um, if you if you look at, oh, there we go. If you look at uh, the cost of an HRA plan, an HDHRA plan, uh, you'll see basically three things. You'll pay, um, the, the biggest part of the cost of the plan is the premium that you'll pay for a high deductible health plan. The second most expensive part of the plan are the claims that are paid, uh, reimbursing people out of the uh, out of the HRA portion of the plan, and then finally you have uh, administrative costs, which typically. Are, are well below 10% of the total cost of the plan. So, so uh, knowing that you've got fixed dollars that you're going to pay in premium to the insurance carrier and uh, fixed dollars for administration, that means that the savings in an HRA plan involves uh, the claims. And if your HRA plan uh, budgets for the highest claims and then it actually pays out less claims than that, then the employer is getting money back. Um, or the same thing is true where the employer says I'm only going to fund for the claims as they come due. So um, these are similar advantages that small employers can get similar to what large employers who are self-funding also get. So let's talk about that first cost component of the HRA plan which is the premium portion of the plan. What we know is that the cost of a high deductible health plan can be substantially less than a traditional plan. Um, What we see in the small group market, especially since 2014, the rate difference between a a platinum and gold benefit and a silver bronze benefit can range uh, between 20 and 45 percent. We've seen some carriers in different parts of the state actually have almost a 50% price difference between a platinum plan, which they would love to sell you, and a bronze plan, a bronze high deductible plan that could be used or should be used for an HRA. And on the large group, 35% price difference between gold and bronze level savings by buying a bronze plan, excuse me, buying a a bronze plan and providing, if you would, gold type benefits through the HRA, um, employers are saying they're netting out, you know, anywhere between a a, a 12 to 20% net savings at the end of the day. Um, a typical bronze benefit works well as a high-deductible plan, and it prices out competitively, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. And just as some carriers have specific high-deductible plans that can be used for an HSA, some also have specific high-deductible plans that they allow to be used for an HRA. I will tell you that in the past, there was some, there were several carriers whose names I will not mention uh, had a prohibition about using their high deductible plans for an hra and um at one point they were they were threatening to take agents uh uh contracts away from them and and it was very nasty situation uh that has all gone away uh the prohibition that uh carriers are now uh, have had put in the past about using their plans to be wrapped with an, an hra has gone away uh there have been some legal Uh, things happen in the last um, four years that pretty much made that made that disappear Um, and then and then lastly this premium component is the additional cost of employer excess loss insurance coverage uh, is minimal compared to the entire cost of the plan and we'll talk more about that later so in terms of premium you know you'll pay for a high deductible plan a bronze plan and you could pay for employer excess loss insurance if you want some added Uh, claims protection. Um, The second component of the high deductible plan, uh, HRA, is that of claims or administration of the plan. Uh, Again, an HRA is a qualified plan under federal law, and it's subject to non-discrimination HIPAA rules and ERISA rules. Um, There are some employers who attempt to self-administer these plans, uh, so it is an option but it's really not recommended due to the regulatory complexity of these plans Uh, i'm not saying that it can't be done i'm just saying that the average small employer out there would rather hire a third-party administrator uh, to uh, handle these things and file the reports and do all of this stuff than do it themselves today what we know is that 90 percent of hra plans are administered by a licensed bonded third-party administrator and (coughs) Pardon me. And that administrator, uh, at the very least, should should provide the following services. They they need to be able to process uh, reimbursement claim requests or provide uh, a debit card that will pay the benefits. So either process claims. a debit card Uh, they need to be able to confirm eligibility of benefits with providers you know somebody walks into the hospital and they show them their HRA card that hospital is gonna call and say I need to know that John Doe here is a uh, covered under this plan and so that's part of what they need to do is the administrators confirm that they're eligible for um, those benefits The administrator needs to provide both claim and financial reporting to the plan sponsor, the employer, and to participants uh, themselves. You know, if you're in an HRA plan, you should be able to look up your claims and see, you know, how you're doing. And, of course, that's not something that's uh, typically uh, available in the small group market anyway. Um, The administrator, uh, if, if the plan is using employer excess loss insurance. Uh, the administrator needs to file any reimbursement claims with the Employer Excess Loss Insurance Company. They need to file annual reports with the government, the Department of Labor, the Internal Revenue Service, et cetera. They need to produce plan documents, including a summary plan description and a summary of benefits and coverage. Um, some TPAs are specialty TPAs, in other words, that's that's all they do. They, they just do HRA plans, That's that's it other tpas are what i call full service tpas in that they they process self-insured medical claims and and uh, you know have a a legacy uh, uh claim system that they use and, and and what have you but both tpas whether they're specialty or full service uh are vital in in this plan the big part of what a tpa does and i can't understate this enough is that a tpa provides a firewall between the employer and the employees when they're handling personal health information and other information. You know, employers, they don't want to see, you know, they don't want to know the details about their employees' claims, you know, and and this and that. I mean, that's that's a problem anyway. So having a third-party administrator says that information is all protected, the employer doesn't... Doesn't see things that they're not supposed to see, and the employees are guaranteed that they they don't have to worry about their personal health information, you know, being you know shared. Um, when you look at the cost of administration, though, as I said before, it's the smallest part of the cost of the, the total uh, HDHP, HRA plan. And then finally, there the third component, as I said before, is that of claims. And and here's the nice thing about uh, uh, HRA plans. The amount of claims varied varies by the benefit schedule. HRAs are the most flexible benefit plans available. I can't tell you that there is just one standard design out there. Um, I mean, I, I've seen literally thousands of different HRA plan designs because the employer sets something up that that meets his needs and the needs of his employees as opposed to pulling a standardized thing off the shelf so typically we'll see hra plans with benefit maximums ranging from from a thousand dollars per employee per year up to ten thousand dollars per employer per family so there are some very uh, modest plans and very um, cadillac plans Uh, benefit payments as i said before can range typically from 50 to 100 percent for the front-loaded uh, plan and, and coinsurance plans. Um, covered benefits can either be limited to conform with the high-deductible medical plan that, that you have, or they can conform to IRS Code Section 213D, which lists all of the various medical, uh, dental, vision, prescription drug-type expenses that are allowed to be uh, tax-deducted. So you can have a, a very... Um, a broad uh, covered benefits uh, uh, situation in in an HRA, or you can have a very narrow one. Um, The IRS still requires documentation of claims, including uh, copies of provider receipts or carrier EOB statements, and what you'll see typically now today is that a lot of uh, administrators will provide you with an app on your phone and when you have a claim and you're using your debit card for example you'll take a picture of that claim and submit it to the uh, administrator and that's the documentation that the irs requires to be uh, held by the administrator but it's uh, very simple to do in the past uh Employers might say, hey, I need you to uh, uh, fax that claim in or or, uh, mail it in or whatever. But now uh, we're seeing these new apps that uh, do a great job of this. And what what I'm seeing in the market today in general is that most uh, employers are, um, about 50% of employers are using what I call traditional payment. In other words, they're requiring the employee to pay the claim and then get reimbursed while uh, the other 50% are now using what we call smart debit cards that can be used. It'll, it, you, you go into the doctor's office or hospital and you know, your share of the cost is 100 bucks. They use the debit card to pay the $100 because it's a smart card. It senses that this is a, an eligible medical expense and is therefore um, uh, covered under the plan. Um, so we, we see, we're seeing growing uh, use of these debit cards. Um, So, let's talk about cost considerations for a minute because that's the bottom line for a lot of employers is, is this going to save me any money? Um, You have to consider the cost of a traditional plan versus that of a high deductible plan and we're going to see that in a minute. You've got to consider the cost of administrative services and then you've got to consider the cost of paid claims that are allowed and paid for under the uh, plan document of the plan. So we, as I see this, there are four cost scenarios that should be considered. And let's, let's just let's walk through those. So here's some cost consideration and scenarios one and two. Uh, this is an employer who has 35 employees with 16 dependent units. They're located in the 90012 zip code. Uh, I think that's downtown LA. Uh, they, they currently offer, in, in red here, a traditional fully insured plan. It's kind of a platinum gold uh, level benefit. It has a $500 deductible, 80% coinsurance, and a $4,000 maximum out-of-pocket. These are for in-network benefits uh, for, uh, per person. Uh, it has, you know, all of the family limits and this and that, and the benefits are less uh, outside of network or in the case of an HMO plan, and I, and I think this may have been one, uh, you don't have any uh, out of network benefits. Um, this employer is paying $358,680 a year in fully insured premium for this plan. Uh, again, this is from a, a reputable carrier that we've all heard of. Uh, uh, the, the employer has been with that carrier for several years. They're they're getting, you know, annual uh, rate changes just like everybody else is. Um, and so at the bottom, the bottom line is the employer is 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 saying I'm I'm spending nearly thirty thousand dollars a month, three hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars a year uh, to provide this benefit for my people. Um, the employer in this case was paying a Uh, a high percentage, like uh, 80, 90% of the employee cost, and then he was paying a small portion of the dependent cost while the employees were paying a bigger portion of dependents. So under scenario one, the employer goes out and he buys a bronze benefit plan available through a different carrier. In this case, it has a $4,000 deductible. It has a 60% coinsurance in-network and the maximum out-of-pocket limit network is sixty five hundred dollars per person Um, the premium that this employer is now going to pay annually for this bronze plan is two hundred and fifteen thousand two hundred and eight dollars and here's the interesting thing about this the employer then said i'm going to provide all of my employees uh, who enroll in the hra i'm going to provide them each with a four thousand dollar annual hra reimbursement benefit Um, now what does that mean well that that obviously covers the deductible here but it also reduces their net out of pocket maximum from $6500 down to $2500 which if you're comparing out of pocket maximums of their current plan and their HRA plan uh it's a substantially a better deal for the employee so this employer by saying i'm going to provide a $4000 annual benefit per employee and it's twice that for a family so you have 51 total uh, you got 35 employees and 16 dependent units so you've got 51 total what i call risk units at four thousand dollars of potential benefits means the employer has exposure if everything went wrong that could go wrong and everybody uh, had you know over seven thousand dollars of of claims that employer could pay out two hundred and four thousand dollars a year in claims that would be the sickest group I've ever seen on the planet, but that's what that employer's liability is. The employer then decides to contract with a third-party administrator. The total cost of the third-party administrator, including plan documents and setup and all that, is $12,090 a year. Uh, this employer has chosen not to purchase employer excess loss uh, coverage. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So the employer basically says, what's my, what's my budget? Well, the budget doesn't look real good. If the, if the employer says, well, I'm gonna pay 215,000 for the uh, bronze plan, I'm gonna pay another $12,000 for the um, uh, administration, and I assume to pay the maximum paid claims of 204,000, that means that in a worst case scenario, the employer is gonna pay out 431,000 bucks, which is $72,000 more than he's paying now, which is 20% higher which why would the employer do that well the employer might do it because as we're going to say Mr employer if for for everybody to for you to pay out 204,000 dollars of claims means that all 51 of your covered people are running over 10,000 dollars of health claims for the year uh, that's just not going to happen but you know if you've got the cfo sitting there and he says oh we're going to budget for the maximum then there's no way that this uh this hra plan is going to beat their current plan it's just that simple however under scenario two we take the same cost but now we say mr employer we believe based on what we know and your plan design and everything we believe that your projected paid claims will actually only be sixty one thousand dollars Uh, An employer says, well, how do you know that? Well, we have loss experience, you know, with groups of this size and these types of plan designs, and we have a formula, an actuarial formula that we use and for the the vast number of our clients that are doing this, and, uh, you know, we we can do a pretty good job of projecting these claims based on the plan design that you have. Well, if that's the case, the employer's total expenses are going to run $288,298, which is $70,000 $70,000 in savings over their current plan, which is a 19.6% um, uh, overall savings. Now, looking at that scenario, you might sit there with an employer who, who's very conservative and says, uh, you know, I, I'm i just not sure I, I, I believe that my projected claims are going to be 61000 I I know my group and I have a lot of sick employees. Well, then, Mr. Employer, you know, uh, then maybe you should budget. 204000 which means this deal is probably not going to work, which means maybe I'll just stay with a traditional fully insured plan and still spend $360,000 a year. So that then brings us to a discussion about the need for employer excess loss insurance. And the, as I said before, this is a product that we developed uh, several years ago working with underwriters at Lloyd's, and uh, it's exclusively marketed by Dickerson General Agency. Um, we, we, it's, it's used to provide an HRA claims attachment point, which limits the employer's total claims liability. It's fairly simple to rate, to underwrite, and to issue, and it pays agents who sell it a 10% commission, and it's written on what we call a 12-month incurred and a 15 or 18-month paid basis, meaning that it, it covers what we call runoff claims. So at that point in time, the employer says, well, how is that going to help me? So we say to the employer, okay, Mr. Employer, let's look at your HRA benefit. You're going to provide a $4,000 benefit to each employee if they're single or an $8,000 benefit if they have dependents, 4,000 times two. You've got 19 single employees and 16 employees that have dependents. So your total claims exposure, as we said before, is $204,000. If everybody got sick and used their maximum benefit, that's what you'd pay. This employer excess loss policy will come in and set an attachment point, in this case, at 50% of what your total gross exposure is. So in this case, it would act like an aggregate claims umbrella and says that your limitation, your claims will be limited to $102,000 in a year. The employer is going to pay a premium to the 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 Lloyd's people, $21,903, and that interestingly enough, the premium comes out to about $52.15 per employee per month, which is which is like uh, the cost of a of, of a dental plan. You know what I mean? It's it's not real it's not real expensive. Um, so, then that brings us to cost scenarios three and four, where we do put in excess loss coverage. Again, in the in the traditional plan that they're on now, they're going to spend three hundred and fifty-eight thousand six hundred eighty dollars here in this red, uh, red and pink um, uh, column. But in in scenario three, again they're going to still buy the bronze high deductible plan. They're going to pay two hundred and fifteen thousand two hundred eight dollars. They're still going to provide the $4,000 benefit, and they're still going to have maximum claims liability of $204,000. They're going to pay $12,090 for third-party administration, but now they're going to pay $21,903 for excess loss coverage, and that's going to limit their claims to $102,000. That's their new maximum claims level. And that means that their total overall claims, worst case scenario, is they're going to spend three hundred and fifty-one thousand, which is, you know, just two point one percent less than what they're going to spend. Okay. But keep in mind that they'll budget this hundred and two thousand dollars, and if there's money left in that account at the end of the year, they get that money back. So, so the potential for a refund under this scenario here. Is very high. Why? Because again, if you look at scenario four, where we're saying, look, the projected claims are still going to be $61,000, but now what we believe is that your net cost at the end of the year will still only be $310,000. In other words, the cost of the high deductible plan, administration, employer excess loss, you're going to budget 102000 but if your projected claims come out at 61 grand, like we expect, your net costs at the end of the year are $310,000, which is a $48,000 savings, or 13.5% over what you're paying now. And that, frankly, is the best of both worlds. It says to the employer, look, the worst case, you're really not going to pay any more than you're paying now, and you've got the potential to get money back if your projected claims are less than your maximum claims, all that that $41,000 belongs to you, you get it back. Um, or you could just simply say, I'm gonna pay my claims as they come due, I'm not gonna pre-fund this. And therefore, um, you, you know, your net cost uh, throughout the year ends up being $310,000. And you don't have to wait for a refund because you've only paid the claims as they come due. So this is where an HRA makes a lot of sense and buying employer excess loss at least for the first couple of years makes sense because it gives the employer the peace of mind of knowing that in a worst case scenario um uh, you know i'm I'm not going to spend much more than what i'm spending now and furthermore um after i've been on this deal for a couple of years uh, my claims are much more predictable and therefore maybe i'll drop the employer excess loss and and save myself another twenty one thousand dollars and this is what we're seeing happening in the in the market today Um, again this is uh, something that that we devised about four years ago and it's uh, it's working I think very well so there are some other key points that that you might want to consider here Um, first with regard to carriers uh, again as I said earlier nearly all carriers uh, now offer high deductible plans that can be used for an HRA or an HSA um, I mean, every carrier on the street has high deductible plans. If they sell bronze plans, and most do, uh, then those are plans that you can use or should be using in an HRA. Uh, the HRA will work with both HMO or EPO or PPO plans or indemnity plans. We have a number of clients that are, that are offering, uh, you know, Kaiser uh, Permanente's HMO. With a high deductible plan, and they have an HRA involved with that. And Kaiser themselves, uh, especially in their large group uh, program, talk a lot about HRAs uh, in the Kaiser system. So it's being done, and it's being accepted now uh, by uh, by these carriers. Um, so the, the, you know, the HRA will work with both small, mid-sized, and large employer products and it pays the brokers their standard commission again dickerson we're acting as a ga we're paid a a ga override the broker is paid their standard commission Um, administrators um, we've negotiated preferred pricing with several hra administrators uh, here in california as well as nationally Um, most of those administrators will offer both traditional reimbursement and debit card claim payment arrangements and every administrator that we talk to uh, allows the broker to build in a, a a monthly broker fee so it can range from you know zero to say as much as twenty dollars per employee per month and we' we've, we've seen them um, there is no standard fee it's just what the what the broker uh, wants to to be paid. This is all disclosed to the to the employer I mean it's all uh, you know above board it's very transparent but but we think that brokers who are selling this are, are collecting both the commission off the sale of the high deductible plan, as well as the monthly broker fee, and it brings their compensation back up to, I think, a pretty reasonable level as if they were selling a, a silver, gold, or, or, or even a platinum plan. And then thirdly, with regard to employer excess loss, You know, this guarantees the maximum HRA claims exposure. I can't say this enough that in the first couple of years, you know, here in the small group market in California, we all know we can't get claims experience for our clients. Whereas in Texas, it's a state law that a health insurance company has to provide claims experience to their clients. But we don't get that in California. So, you know, when an employer looks at this and they say, I, "I think I want to do this, but I'm a little bit nervous," well, then why don't we put in employer excess loss for a couple of years? You'll start seeing your claims information that you're not getting now. and and after a while, it'll become very predictable. So it guarantees that maximum claims exposure. It's simplified issue of coverage. There's no underwriting for employer excess loss coverage we do that through our office it's written through the surplus lines market in london uh, we have a surplus lines broker ar- arrangement with uh, with london so uh, you don't have to be a licensed surplus lines broker and as i said before employer excess loss can pay the broker as much as a 10% commission we have some cases where the broker is taking less commission but um it our standard deal is a, a 10% so what are the, some of the pros and cons as we kind of wrap this up? Well, I think the pros of, of, of doing an, an HRA is this. Um, as long as there continue to be a price difference between 20 and 40% between a, a platinum gold plan and a silver and bronze plan, I, I, I think it makes this um, This very feasible. And I know some brokers are saying, yeah, but, you know, as soon as the carriers figure this out, they're going to they're going to increase the price on their bronze plans. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been waiting since six years since 2014 for the carriers to start raising their bronze plan prices higher uh, than, you know, so that it's of no value and what we're seeing consistently in the market is that there's still that price difference there and i think that's because the aca rating rules force forces the carriers to have to provide a a, uh, actuarial value and price it accordingly so a lot of the games that we saw prior to 2014 with regard to some carrier pricing issues have gone away um The provider networks seem to be consistent between the metal tiers in that the same full and and narrow network providers uh, can be available uh, regardless of which metal tier plan you're enrolled in. Um, The HRA plan funding is very flexible. An employer who fully funds their HRA gets to keep any claim surplus funding at year's end. That's the refund we talked about. Or employers will use a pay-as-you-go uh, so that they have improved cash flow. They only pay for the claims as the claims are presented for payment over a traditional fully insured plan who charges you the full amount and then pays the claims. I think there are two cons in this whole deal. The first is that in, in the worst-case scenario of, a, of a, uh, an HDHB HRA plan, it might exceed the cost of the traditional fully insured plan. As we saw in that first scenario there, the you know, the employer was paying $358,000 a year. In the worst case scenario, uh, they, were, they could have paid over four, $400,000 a year. So that's, uh, that's the downside of it. And if you believe that, uh, you, you know, your, your group will, will be that way, then, you know, uh, there's not a lot we can do unless you decide to purchase um, uh, employer excess loss coverage, which then helps alleviate that. And then the other con that I hear from time to time is that because the high deductible plan and the h r a are really separate parts of the total offering, the employer and the employee gets issued two i d cards and he has to use learn to use them together so you know if i'm if I'm covered under um uh you know anthem blue cross a high deductible plan with Anthem, I'm going to show the hospital my Anthem Blue Cross card and it's going to say that I have a high deductible health plan. Well, I'm going to then whip out my HRA card and says my HRA will pay uh, all or part of this deductible. And so... The hospital then, you know, knows to contact both Anthem to make sure that I'm covered there, and the HRA uh, administrator to verify that I have those HRA benefits. So for some people, that's kind of discomforting. They they don't like having to show two ID cards. Uh, but that's, you know, uh, that that that's that's a con that you, you just have to kind of address. So let me kind of summarize and conclude this, and then we'll we'll answer some questions. And you may have some. Um, As I said before, the HRA rules have changed, and it's given employers more choices in the market under the Trump administration. Uh, Under the Trump administration, there are now four types of HRA plans. The group HRA, which is what we talked about today, the QSE HRA, Qualified Small Employer HRAs, the ICHRAs, Individual Coverage HRAs, and the EBHRA, the Accepted Benefit HRAs. And again, we, we had an earlier uh, presentation this year in which we went into a lot of detail and compared those four types of HRAs. If you, as a broker, feel like your employer is going to drop their group plan for whatever reason, and they would, they would like to uh, put in uh, uh, an, uh, an ICHRA, an individual plans, uh, give us a call we can talk to you about that how that will work and and show you how to get those set up um, and while they you know while these new ICHRAs appear tr- attractive to some employers they do put employees into the individual market which might may be unstable in some areas um, but uh, ICHRAs are, are good to use for what we call class carve out businesses like uh, uh, Part-time uh, or seasonal workers, they'll they'll offer them an ICHRA, but they'll keep their full-time employees on a uh, on a regular group HRA. Um, group HRAs continue to price well in light of these ACA uh, rating rules for small employers, and as again we're seeing uh, uh, the platinum to, to bronze price difference as much as uh, twenty, uh, little as twenty, uh, so as much as forty-five percent. Uh, depending on the carrier and and the area that they're in. Um, Group HRAs have outperformed traditional plans over the past 10 years. And and let me tell you how that's working. Every time the employer receives a a, a surplus refund of their claims dollars in an HRA, they will use that to offset uh, future rates. So I have an employer last year who was going to get, uh, you know, like a 15 percent rate increase on their high deductible plan, which was much higher than normal in that particular market. But yet they looked at a savings on their HRA of over $60,000 compared to what they would have paid for a gold plan, and when they took that savings and they offset the rate increase that they were getting on the other plan, their net rate increase was about 3%. And so that's what's helping employers stabilize uh, their overall total spend is having these HRA plans and getting surplus refunds. The employers can be guaranteed a maximum cost of, a, of, of an HDHRA by using employer excess loss insurance. Again, I talked about that and it's a it's a special product that we developed and is is good, I think, for the first two or three years of, of a new HRA. And then finally, as I said before, uh, you know, Dickerson and, and Shepper fear Dickerson we're we're a leader in these alternative funding programs and uh, we've been doing this a long time we understand it uh, it isn't just HDHP, HRAs, but we're we're big time into level funding self-funding and now uh, captive programs for employers of a 100 or more so um, we uh, we have solid partnerships with over a dozen third-party administrators throughout the country and we're authorized general agents for, uh, the major carriers and exchanges here in California. So you, as a as an advisor, can work with Dickerson. We're not your your uh, competitor. Uh, you get paid your your normal commission, and uh, we're kind of like your consultant behind the scenes and helping you with your uh, with your clients. So who do you call? Well, give us uh, give us a call. You can um, uh, reach uh, our office up in uh, Roseville, outside of Sacramento. Uh, you can email us requests in and and uh, uh, do we have any, um, uh, Natalie, do we have any questions that uh, we need to address?
0: Yes, we do. Um, the very first question is, is 5,500 required even if the company with the HRA has fewer than 100 employees?
1: No, it is not. No, it is not.
0: Okay, <laughs> the next question is, can you quote a different attachment point other than 50%? Yes.
1: Yes. We do it. We we can vary the we attachment vary point the case on a case-by-case by by case case basis. Case basis.
0: Okay. And we have one more question. The last question is, is there a minimum attachment point that will be accepted for excess loss? For instance, what if the HRA benefit was only 500 and employees were likely to use?
1: Um, That's a good question. Uh, It's the first time that's actually come up. So here's the answer. Um, answer. um, London London doesn't really have a minimum attachment attachment point. What they have, what is, they a have is a minimum premium. premium, and so if the and annual so if the premium, annual for, example, for example, for the excess loss for the excess coverage, coverage were to fall below, below $2,000, they might they they require that the require premium, be paid, premium be paid in quarterly, quarterly or semi-annual, or semi-annual uh, payments, uh, payments as opposed to monthly. So, so, so there isn't really so there a minimum a, attachment point as much as there is a minimum, is a minimum premium. premium. I would say, I that, would the say that the smallest minimum premium, premium, premium we've sold uh, with the uh, EEL coverage, with the has been coverage has been about twenty-five hundred dollars a year, dollars and in that case, in that case uh, Lloyd's, uh, Lloyd's asked that the, uh, the uh, employer pay it in four, four it in quarterly installments.
0: Okay, that was all the questions on my end.
1: Good questions,
0: um, good questions. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I agree. Um, OK, well, if there's no more questions, then once again, thank you for joining us. And thank you, fear, for this presentation. We're going to post the link to this webinar on our website within the next 24 hours. And of course, you definitely see here how to contact us if you have any further questions.
1: Oh, I Uh, forgot to, Natalie, I forgot to mention, we we had somebody send me an email uh, earlier and they said, is it possible to private label label this presentation presentation for my my agency, for my my clients? clients. And And the answer answer is yes, yes. we can have a discussion about that. We have done that that. in the past. The and we've actually and even actually helped agents help conduct, agents conduct, conduct uh, seminars and webinars seminars for their, webinars clients, for on this their clients on this topic.
0: Awesome. Um, actually, Dave, one more question just came in. Um, in your example, you showed a 4,000 HRA for all covered. Can you do employee only and not dependents?
1: Yes. Yes. And awesome. we're seeing that yeah, we're seeing probably, that about, probably half about half of the HRA plans the HRA now. Plans now. The, the employer says, I'm going to give all my employees all the same benefits, benefit, whether they're single, whether they're or, single or family. Or family uh, everybody uh, gets the same benefits. And that's, benefit. that's, that's, pretty,
0: common that's pretty common now. Great. Sounds good. Um, thank you so much. And then, sorry, just to repeat myself. Um, once again, thank you for joining us. We're going to post the link on this website. Um, on, on, for, I'm sorry, to this webinar on our website and within the next 24 hours. And of course, if you have any further questions, please feel free to contact us. And if, and no one has any more questions then thank you so much and thank you, Deep fear, and thank you everyone for joining us and have a wonderful day, everybody.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.